Hey, what's up, y'all? Um, welcome back to the Hoop Life with Sean Shaw podcast. I'm your host, Sean C. Taylor. And I'm your host, Sean B. Taylor, coming to you with episode number 16. In the words of 3-6 Mafia, yeah. who run it? Who run it? Okay, that's enough for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what are we talking about today? Um, so first off, um, well, well, for, let me, let me talk, whoa, the main part, the main thing that we're going to be talking about is predictions for the fourth quarter of the, this year's NBA regular season. Right, so we're almost 60 games in. Yeah, 60 games. the season. Yeah, I think we got 25 games left. Yeah. For most teams. Yeah, so the third yeah. quarter is winding down. Yeah. And what else are we going to talk about before we get into that stuff? For, okay, so first off, we're in a... Of course, show respects and, you know, or, you know, talk about people who did show the respects um, at the Kobe and Gianna Bryant Memorial. Um, so That happened yesterday at yeah, the Staples Center. Yeah, it happened yesterday. Um, February 24th, 2020. So, two, February the second month, two for Gianna, yeah. 24 for Kobe. Yeah, for Kobe. I thought that was very fitting. Yeah. Definitely. So, so talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, first off, um, Vanessa Bryant, she kind of she began the whole entire memorial by giving a speech on Kobe and Gianna Bryant. Um, she talked about. I know she talked a lot about from from what I saw at least. Um, Vanessa. Um, she was talking about Gigi and how she was, you know a really sweet girl who always does um, very sweet things mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of made her happy. And and how Gianna would also try to give some pointers to um, the basketball team at her school mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I, I can remember her, like, saying something, like she was, like, the president or for, like, something, you know, at her school. But, like, it, 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 it was something. Y'all can go back and watch it but you know it would it it was kind of like impressive just how good she was in school and you know how how active she was in school and so on the court overall a good student athlete yeah great student athlete, great student athlete. Yeah. yeah yeah and then um Shaq um Kobe's teammate for I think eight years um he spoke on his relationship with Kobe behind the scenes behind all cameras and everything um because even though when there would be times where it'd be like it or it seemed like that him and him and Kobe weren't in the best terms um I mean still they just had a bunch of respect and love for each other and you know went out went out there and competed every night and Shaq also talked about when he gained all of Kobe's respect I, I don't really know if or he gained respect for Kobe. Yeah, gained. Um, yeah, he gained all his respect for Kobe. Or gained. Yeah, yeah. Kobe gained all his respect. I'm sorry. Um, and you know, y'all, y'all can go back and watch that. I don't know if I can really, you know, say the words he did. Well, Shaq was saying that people were complaining about Kobe shooting too much. Yeah. And asked Shaq to go talk to Kobe, and Shaq said, "Hey, Kobe, there's no I in team." Mm-hmm. Kobe said, "Yeah, there's an M E in that." Bleep bleep. And everyone started laughing. Yeah. So it was pretty cool that he brought some light to a, a pretty tragic 
uh, day. Not a tragic day, but just a, a somber day. Yeah. So it was cool for Shaq to bring some comedy into that and let his personality shine through as he always does. Michael Jordan also mm-hmm. um, gave a very, very moving speech uh, about Kobe, uh, which is, I saw a lot of people saying this, and I, I too thought it like is rare because Michael Jordan doesn't really make a lot of public statements like that mm-hmm. since he retired. Um, he's kind of just a little bit more closed off, not as accessible. He's not in the social media media era or any of that. Yeah. So for him to give a very heart uh, heartfelt speech, I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also cracked a joke about, because uh, he was crying while he was talking. He said, now Kobe is going to make me have to look at crying face memes for another three to four years. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny how... Uh, he kind of again brought light to that situation yeah but yeah, definitely. he talked about trying to be the best big brother he could be to Kobe and how Kobe was just so committed to becoming a better basketball player and also better husband father businessman better person just a better person all around yeah and that Kobe would text him or call him at 11 30 at night or three in the morning or whatever yeah uh, but Michael Jordan at first was kind of annoyed by it but then he grew to just love Kobe because of Kobe's passion yeah. his passion for improvement mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was pretty cool because we all want to be passionate about things right mm-hmm. find our passion and work in that and Kobe obviously did that mm-hmm. so uh, Tom Brady actually wrote a pretty emotional um, tribute to Kobe is like five paragraphs long I think on Instagram mm-hmm. um, talking about how Kobe really inspired him and how he was uh, the true man in the arena so to speak mm-hmm. to quote Teddy Roosevelt's uh, famous famous line mm-hmm. um, and that Kobe was in the arena and allowed himself to be put on full display and it just makes Tom Brady realize how uh, appreciative he needs to be as a husband, father, athlete, etc. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was really cool how um, obviously this is a tragic event. What happened with Kobe and Gian and the other passengers on the helicopter, but how this has really brought people together from all stripes of life, yeah. all walks of life, so to speak. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, it always kind of just bring people together, and, you know, trying to you know support the Bryant family um, or. Um, from what I've seen, a lot of people are trying to really support the Bryan family as much as they can, mm-hmm. um, because just Kobe just touched them. Right. Just, you know, he just really touched their hearts and everyone's hearts, and yeah. you know, everyone just had and still has so much love for the, for him and Gianna. Absolutely, man. And yeah. And I saw you wrote here in the notes um, about so many uh, current and former NBA players and uh, WNBA players showing up uh, at the memorial and that some of the current players had to catch flights um, and go play in their games later that day. Yeah. So I thought that 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 was pretty cool because I know a lot of times professional athletes have, like, really set rituals. Yeah. So for them to kind of break their rituals and their superstition, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to pay homage to Kobe and respect to the family and then go out and play um, was pretty cool. We yeah. saw some historic performances last night and some career highs. Yeah. Joel Embiid, one, Bradley Beal, another one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, hey, man, long live the Mamba. Yeah. So, moving on to what we're here to, to, to really discuss in depth, the fourth quarter of the 2019-2020 season. 
So, yeah. like you said earlier, we got about 20, 20 to 25 games for most teams mm-hmm. left in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's crazy how it's winding down, man. Playoffs will be here soon. Yeah. So during the trade, trade or around the trade deadline, I'm sorry, there was a lot of activity. You had uh, Iguodala finally being bought up by Memphis, going to the Heat. Yeah. Uh, Wiggins going to Golden State in exchange for a D-Lo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Clint Capella going to the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't expect to see him leave Houston. But mm-hmm. then Houston picked up Robert Covington, Jeff Green, Damari Carroll. Uh, Drummond went to the Cavs. Yeah. Uh, and then the Clippers picked up Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then lastly, Marquise Morris also went to the Clippers. Mar- Marcus? Marcus, I'm sorry. Marcus Morris went to the Clippers. And then Marquise Morris went to the Lakers. Yeah, I didn't know about that till like couple, like about half an hour ago. Right, keeps to the Lakers, right? Yeah, I just <laughs> hadn't heard anything about it. Yeah. So I saw a, a quote that said, um, I think Marcus said that they were probably going to live in the same house. <laughs> so I'm like, that's that's going to be kind of crazy, right? Yeah, they're going to live in the same house. In like, the same house. Real? That's, that's what Marcus Moore said. They'll probably live in the same house. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, they were playing at the same place because both the Clippers and Lakers play at the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. Talk about a sibling rivalry, right? Yeah. Um, so which team or teams do you think won... With the with all the movement, which teams do you think lost or did anyone lose? Um, which players got put in better situations? Which players got put in worse situations? Mm, well, first off, I like to say that um, Reggie Jackson. I think that he kind of put himself in a worse situation and a better situation. Okay, explain at the that. Same time, because Reggie Jackson, he was kind of like starting the starting guard mm-hmm. for the. Um, Pistons for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, D Rose came. I don't know if he that um, put him on the bench mm-hmm. or not. Yeah, because we didn't see too many Pistons games this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know he and he was playing good for the Pistons for for what I've seen. I, I don't know if that was through the whole season, but I seen the game where he was he was actually getting some buckets. Right. And you know I feel like every time I've watched him, really, mm-hmm. he's just done really good things. And it's like he has a he has a good skill set, like he underdog skill set, um, especially. And he does some really valuable things and um, stuff that does show up in the scoreboard okay. as well. Even even if it doesn't show up on the scoreboard, he still does those little things. Okay. Um, but I feel like that all is gonna be taken away from him, kind of. Right. And you know Pat Bev kind of bringing the de- like the defense like you know the intensity defensively. Right. And um, Lou Will sometimes is going to be running the point guard. I mm. feel like especially I feel like the Clippers have just um, since the last like two years especially just seen how valuable he really is. Right. And you know even with Kawhi and Paul George coming to um, Clippers. Um, he still is just getting his buckets, right? And you know, just dogging people, right? Well, that's his role coming off the bench. Yeah. But I, I also think, not to cut you off, but I think Reggie Jackson playing with that second unit is gonna allow Lou Will to move off the ball, mm-hmm. which can make them a little bit more dangerous. So yeah. he won't have to create all of his shots on his own mm-hmm. and come off more down screens and uh, flare to the corner and all that. Play from the wing a little bit more too. Yeah, yeah, but I mean. 
he he's gotta he's gotta you know show up and you know he's gotta play at a certain level of intensity i feel like who reggie jackson yeah reggie jackson yeah, a, a, a totally different one mm-hmm. you know because it was detroit right right back then and they had not been good for for a really long time right they're currently 12th in the east at 19 and 40 so yes. no chance of making the playoffs yeah no chance so yeah but then there there's where it's like he's kind of put himself in a better position right because <laughs> then like They've actually, because the Clippers are definitely going to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they've actually got a shot at winning a championship. Yeah. So, I mean, if he just want, wants to put a ring on his finger, <laughs> I guess. If he wants to go to Beyonce route, put I, a ring on Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and, and, you know, win his first chip, then, I mean, hey, that's, that's all you. And, I, you know, you're winning. Yeah. You're winning. Yeah, I mean, his role is definitely going to change. Yeah, a with lot. A lot, but... If I'm Reggie Jackson, I'm ecstatic about this. Yeah. Because I would much rather be playing uh, in June than going fishing, as the guys on TNT would say, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'd much rather be playing for the Clippers than the Pistons right now. Um, especially because yeah. the, the Clippers not only are good this season, um, but they look like they're trending up and can be good for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Reggie Jackson might be able to be a part of that because it seems like he's got some good years left. Mm-hmm. So anybody else you feel like either won or lost, anyone that really sticks out to you? Mm, Houston. Houston and, and Golden State as well because Houston... They won or lost? They won because okay. Houston, um, they... Like, so I, I, I kind of felt like this before before like the lanes might be a little clogged up for Westbrook and Harden to mm-hmm. both really like you know get to the rim mm-hmm. and maybe that's why I saw Harden like more of him like trying to fight his way to the rim for just a really awkward shot right um but I feel like Tatum with that big mm-hmm. um that big man for right now at least I don't know if that's gonna stay say stay the same mm-hmm. when Tyson Chandler comes back right but I feel like that system really helps them yeah. more. Yeah, it's more spread out. It's more yeah, open. It's more spread out, and especially for Westbrook, you know, he just likes to slash and gets the rim right. um, most of the time. Right. And if he can just, if he can get to the rim most of the time without anyone really getting in, getting in his way, I mean. Yeah, he's pretty devastating. Yeah, it's pretty, de- and it, especially because he was having to shoot like those pull-up mid-range jumpers mm-hmm. that I didn't like for him. Right. Yeah, and they just, it, it, it made him kind of, I feel like it made him kind of look bad, but now he's in a better system. Yeah. And they're in a better system, him and Harden, really. Right. And um, it, and it's, it showed, it showed that it's better. Right. Especially, especially for Westbrook. I right. remember, like, the first two games, he dropped, like, 41 and 39, which they lost in a game winner. Right. On the second shot. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, and they're 8-2 and two over their last 10 games, and including, I said according, including a four-game winning streak. Yeah. Um, win streak, I should say. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I didn't expect them to move Capella until right before the trade deadline when the 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 chatter about moving him kind of grew. They were talking about him maybe going to Boston, mm-hmm. um, but I think picking up Covington, Carroll, and Jeff Green, three guys who are strong, uh, three and D type guys, mm-hmm. and uh, vet savvy, I think was was really good. And to your point about the floor being more spread out, um, yeah, you can see when you watch the games, he is uh, Westbrook is 
able to attack the rim a lot better because those driving lanes are much more open. Mm -hmm. And there was an article in The Ringer yesterday where Mike D'Antoni said Russell Westbrook is in a, a category all on his own. He's the most unique player in the league, which I kind of agree with just because the way that he kind of knifes to the basket is so violent almost. Mm -hmm. and John like, uh, John Moran, but Russell Westbrook's bigger mm -hmm. and just even more explosive, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, but in that same article, it was saying how Westbrook, since the trade, has cut down on his threes mm -hmm. and his pull-ups. And he's actually catching the ball closer to the free throw line, like already on the move. Mm -hmm. So he really only, only has to take one explosive kind of... One explosive dribble slash dart to the basket, mm -hmm. and he's already at the rim. Whereas before, when he was catching it beyond the three-point line, he had to take multiple dribbles, and the defense could collapse. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great adjustment by, yeah. by Westbrook. Yeah, that, that, that's really just, you know, kind of, like, really helping his advantage with already being a bigger and stronger point guard. Right. Um, you know, just putting him at the, the free throw line. Mm -hmm. And he can just take one dribble, and get some rim. Like he can, he can do that. Yeah. Like he he doesn't need to dunk all the time. Right. Or make these crazy athletic plays, especially with him getting older and having more like surgeries mm -hmm. in his leg legs and stuff. Um, I think it just really really helps him. Yeah. And then like I was saying, um, with the the Warriors as well, mm -hmm. I feel like, um, with them getting rid of Kevin Durant. Was um, a forward, a small forward for right. them, and now picking up Andrew Wiggins. Right. Well, Kevin Durant left. They didn't yeah. get rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> kind, yeah. It it um kind of fills up that small forward right. position because I I don't even know who was running that small forward position before. I I really don't know. That's a great question. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. So I mean that that really helps them. I yeah. feel like especially you got Curry, Clay. Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, he can hit some shots mm -hmm. um, on three, but I feel like he can kind of um, make more um, life around the mid-range and right. inside um, the key. Right. And I feel like it will kind of help the Warriors. Yeah, and he's a big athletic wing. Yeah. So, you know, you talk about Curry and Clay. Um, obviously, they're more like they're, they're shooters, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas Wiggins is more of a slasher who can shoot. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's averaging like 22 points on the season, so it's not like he's he doesn't know how to play. Mm -hmm. People question his motor and you know whether or not he has the the quote unquote dog in him. Mm -hmm. But I think getting into that Warriors culture is going to help him, and it's going to help them by having that big athletic guard, like you said. Mm -hmm. So especially when Clay and, and Curry comes back, and we'll talk a little bit more about. Uh, Curry's return later in the show. Yeah, um, and and especially, um, I hope it can move Curry off ball off the ball more because he can definitely play off the ball. Yeah, of course. Really, like really well, like more, like better than I feel like some people realize sometimes. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Anybody you feel like uh, lost? Um, I mean, I w I would have to say the Timberwolves because right, I mean, okay. There's 16 or 40. Right. Yeah, and that's not really... It's pretty awful. Yeah, it's definitely not... Uh, so you don't think getting deloading, deloading helps them? Yeah, at least not for now. I mean, okay. like, like, I said, like I said, though, Devin Booker, um, Devin Booker, Cat, and D-Lo, um, I think I might have said this in uh, another... Yeah, the last one. Yeah. Um, he, he, they're all like good friends, and they said they they would hope one day to be on a team. So I mean, I feel like maybe Minnesota, kind of like, 
was like, oh, so if we pick up him, then we get this player. Right. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's part of the plan. Right. And then, I mean, even if they do get him, though, I mean, like, it could still, like, not be the best. Because then you got two and probably even, like, three ball-dominant players. Right. Cat, D'Lo, and um, Devin Booker. I mean, right. De- Devin Booker, he's got a um, more all-around complete game than um, both of them, mm. I feel like, by far. Right. Um, so I still think he'd be like the leader, mm-hmm. like more of the leader guy. Right. Um, and but then like, Cat, D'Lo, and Devin Booker, like almost all those dudes. No, probably like all those dudes are gonna be out on the perimeter. Right. Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I think as far as winners, so let let me say as far as the losers. I, I might hate to be Clint Capella right now. You just spent the last few years setting crazy screens, yeah. right? Um, and then catching crazy lobs from James Harden and now Russell Westbrook. And now you've been shipped to Atlanta where they're just, they're not a very good team at all. No. Um, they're second to last in the East. And they're just, yes, it's looking a little dark, right? Yeah. Um, but as far as winners, the Morris Twins to the respective LA teams. Mm-hmm. I think that's great for the Morris twins, and I think it's great for the Clippers and the Lakers, yeah. um, especially the Lakers because they've had some trouble guarding bigger athletic wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and a prime example of that is last Sunday against Boston, Jason Tatum yeah. had 41 mm-hmm. on them and was going for 50 if they didn't start doubling him. Yeah. Or if he was a better post player, I would have loved to have seen him go to the post. Yeah, but AD um, was guarding him as well. Yeah, and he was giving it to AD. He was giving him buckets. Yeah. He I gave mean, him like six or seven but He was giving it to everybody who guarded him. Yeah, it was really tough. It, he was <laughs> he was really tough. Yeah, he was kind of taking them out like like real far. Right. And then making a move exactly. to get his advantage and take AD out the paint. Exactly. Yeah. And then AD is, he's a, a lengthy defender. Mm-hmm. He's a length defender, not a strength defender, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Uh, who is this? Keith. I always get him mixed up. Markeith Morris is bigger and more physical. Mm-hmm. So I don't. He's obviously not as good of a defender as Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. but he also doesn't need to be, mm-hmm. right? He needs to do his job, be physical with these big, physical wings. Um, and you don't need for him to score a ton of points either, mm-hmm. so he can spend more time playing defense. So mm-hmm. I like the Morris twins to the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, I also like Iguodala to the Heat. We'll see how much he's got left in the tank, though. And yeah. I, I don't think it moves the, the needle that much for Miami. I don't think it makes them a contender, but I yeah. do like that pickup for them. Especially because Trey Young was giving him buckets yeah. when he got 50. Yeah, right. That, it, it, it was bad. Like, just go watch the highlights. Right, dude. right. It, it was pretty bad. Yeah. And they, they had to, like, end up switching a whole bunch of people. Right, right. Didn't end up working. And then yeah. Miami lost. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That was a surprise, even though I just talked bad about Atlanta. They did beat Miami the other night in a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about the playoffs, mm-hmm. the Sweet 16, so to speak, right? Yep. Because eight teams from each conference make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So who do you think is going to end up in this Sweet 16? Or which eight from each conference? Um, you want to start with the East or the West? We'll start with the East. Okay. Um. So I think for the East in the eighth seed, Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, um, I think that Brooklyn, mm-hmm. if Kyrie 
can come back. No, he's out for the season. Oh, he's out for the season? Out for the season with the shoulder injury. All right, then forget about Brooklyn. They're, they're <laughs> out of the playoffs. Come on, man. You got to do your research, man. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. out of the play. Do you don't think they're going to make the playoffs? No, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. There's you six know. games above Washington, who's in ninth. I, I, I just don't believe in Brooklyn like, oh, wow. at all because I don't think that Karis LeVert... I, I, I like Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I just don't know. Like I, I don't really like him just having to control the team. Okay. Especially because I, I mean Brooklyn's been better without Kyrie. They have been. But I mean it's only Brooklyn being better without Kyrie. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're that they've been good. Right. So okay. yeah. So they <laughs> just they haven't been very good all season. I feel mm-hmm. like they've kind of underachieved okay in my opinion yeah. i feel like they should definitely be somewhere in like that um fifth to sixth seed okay um and right now they're in seventh and i i believe that they're gonna be out of the playoffs just barely i feel like washington could maybe if john wall was right could maybe make that push to get into the AC. Right, because John Wall said they're about to make a playoff push. Yeah. Even though he's not playing right now. Yeah, after trade deadline. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and especially because with the way how Bradley Beal's been balling. Right. But yeah. Bradley Beal's been balling, but they, they haven't been winning. Yeah. So, they and we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. Yeah, so but, you're saying, but the game against the Bucks, they did a good job against um Giannis and, and them and you know he got um Giannis got fouled out at true. the end. Um but I mean, Middleton had forty though. Yeah, Middleton had forty. Yeah. And I mean, just. And the W. Yeah, they got the du- <laughs> like, but then Bradley Beal's clutch went from like up here to all the way down. Like I wish y'all could see me, but. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 y'all get the point. So right now Brooklyn is twenty six and thirty, and they're in the seventh seed. Yeah. Orlando's twenty five and thirty two in the eighth seed. Washington is twenty and thirty six in the ninth seed. So mm-hmm. what you're saying that you think Brooklyn is gonna fall? Like, Washington is going to make up that ground, and then Brooklyn is going to fall at least six games Brooklyn, to, I think to drop behind Washington. I think Brooklyn's going to fall pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's your prediction. Because, yeah, like, the Wizards will win. At, they will at least win um, games, like, at least every now and then with Brooklyn. I just say they'll win games very, like, not very, but, like, pretty occasionally. Right. Yeah, especially with Kyrie out for the season again. I mean, okay, so Brooklyn's six and four in their last ten. Mm-hmm. Washington's five and five. Mm-hmm. I actually, as much as I love the Wizards and would love to see them in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I don't think they're gonna close that gap. I think the Eastern Conference is set. I think it's Milwaukee at one, Toronto at uh, two, and then uh, Boston could maybe catch them. Toronto and Boston may be able to swap, but the one, two, three yeah. is Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston. I think that's. Milwaukee is set, right? Mm-hmm. The two and three is going to be the Toronto and Boston in some order, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Miami, Philly, and Indiana, there are three games separating those three teams. Yeah. There could be some movement there, but I think those teams are a lot to make it. I, I think I think that's kind of set right there. Okay. In that, it, like, in that order. Okay. Because Philly's kind of up and down. They are. But you haven't really heard too many great things about Indiana this season. Well, I mean, they're just very consistent. Yeah. And they play a certain brand of basketball where they make all the rotations, they make all the extra passes, 
all the box outs, and they just play hard and play together every single night. Yeah, but so they don't wow you, but they win. Yeah, but I, I still think that that that's gonna be how it stays. Fourth okay. Miami, fifth Philly, sixth Indiana. Okay. Um. So then I'm I'm going with Brooklyn in Orlando. I'm just keeping it how it is, right? Mm. Let's just say it does stay how. I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that I'm right. Mm-hmm. All right, even though you could be right about Brooklyn, but let's just go with how it is right now. Mm-hmm. Any upsets you can see in that first round? Um, You, you know, hold on. Before I do that, uh, I, I'm going to kind of backlash with what I said about Wizards because they... Yeah, backtrack. Yeah, backtrack. <laughs> like, they're... They are a couple like a little too far behind Brooklyn right, right now, <laughs> right. but I do think that Orlando will take that seventh seed. From okay, them. okay. Yeah, and I feel like Brooklyn is gonna fall to that eighth seed, and depending on if the was if at least Bradley Beal can, continues to um, scorch people, right? The which way, he has been. Yeah, which he has been. Um, the Wizards can either fall really far behind, okay, in like a thirteenth spot. Well, not oh, wow. thir- not thirteenth. I'm about to say like, that's kind of far. Yeah, but like, like you know, tenth. Like okay. yeah, probably like tenth. Cause okay, well, okay. So let's just say Orlando and Brooklyn flop, flip flop. Okay, mm-hmm. so then Brooklyn's in the eighth seed, Orlando's in the seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee would obviously crush Brooklyn in the first round, right? Four. And then. Either Toronto or Boston, whoever's in that second seed is going to crush Orlando, right? Mm-hmm, so then, can Indiana beat either Toronto or Boston in the three-six matchup? I don't see it. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. It. I I'd say probably at best it goes. Yeah, like probably the five games. Okay. Yeah, because last year without Vic, they I think. Boston swept Indiana, mm-hmm. and that was with Kyrie. Now they have a better leader, right. Kemba Walker. Right, so, right. And yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are both playing better, and Hayward. Yeah. Um, but that 4-5 matchup, Miami and Philly, what do you think about that? Um, um Simmons, Simmons is going to be coming back. Right, because he's out right now for at least two weeks with the bad back. Yeah. Catch nerve or something like that. Yeah, Igudala, he hasn't, he he just got there, but he hasn't, you know, he hasn't really done too much. Right. I I think that Philly's gonna take it, um, and probably move on to the second round. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, so I think you know fifth seed will be beating fourth seed. Okay. Yeah, and like six, seven games. Okay. If I'm Philly, I really want to get to that four seed because Philly is great at home. Mm-hmm. They're terrible on the road. Mm-hmm. If they stay in that fifth seed, I think Miami beats them. I think actually all top four seeds win in the first round. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's my, my prediction. And I think that even in the later rounds, I don't see much of a upset of an upset. Um, I do think that Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston are hands down the three best teams in that conference. Mm -hmm. I can see either one of those teams coming out of the East, but I think Milwaukee ultimately goes to their first finals with Giannis as their leader. Yeah, um, but what you were saying with um, first four seeds um, moving on, Yeah. I mean, I feel like for Miami, there's just too many young dudes that are really valuable for them. Right, that's a good point. I'm talking about like rookies and stuff. That's like, a good point. They got Tyler Hero, Ken, um, Kendrick Nunn, 
uh, I feel like the, even just those two dudes right there and um, Bam Adebayo kind of. Right, Adebayo. You know, yeah, they're just kind of just they're they're, they're kind of young. Right. And I feel like I I, I think Joel might be younger than Bam. Right. I don't, I don't know, but he'll show up and he'll execute more in the playoffs. Mm. He, like he'll be a little like I feel like Philly overall as a team is gonna just not be so, uh, as fearful as Miami. Mm. I feel like my Miami is kind of... Miami, I feel like for the rookies especially, they're kind of, you know, going to tense up mm. and, you know, kind of let it let it slip away from them, and especially with a veteran like Al Horford on Philly. Yeah, but Al Horford has not been playing well at all this season. And Miami has Jimmy Butler, who I think is a, emerged as a pretty good leader, even though I've been critical of him in seasons past. Yeah. I think he's emerged as a good leader. And I actually think that Miami's playing kind of fearless right now. Yeah, they're playing fearless right now, but um, right? but that um, that can change. It can. Especially, because Tyler Hero, like, I feel like people try to hype him and him up a little bit and say, like, he's fearless. I feel like, especially, like, someone like him, like, is just, like... I mean, like, what is he doing? Like, that's what? showing. That's showing, like, you know. He, I mean, he's playing he's well. Not, he's not really like, not really that afraid. Like he, cause like he'll like. I remember one time he said something to Michael Carter Williams, like, and then, or maybe it was Michael Carter Williams said something to him, and then he just got upset about it, and they tried to you know say that he he was kind of sticking up for himself by right. you know like. You know, talk. You know, talking to Mike Carl Williams about it. I'm like, what is he really doing? So I, I feel like he he's just a little bit gassed, and I feel <laughs> oh like he he like once playoff once playoffs comes, like I feel like him. You know, maybe like Kendrick Nunn and Bam Adebayo, because right. you gotta remember Bam Adebayo has been in a couple playoff series, and Philly. I feel like I, I think it was Philly, Philly in the for the last maybe it was the last two years. Got Miami up out of there. I think no, it was two years ago. Philly got Miami up out of there like five games. Okay. So yeah, yeah, but this is a different Philly team. I'm not confident in Philly at all, especially away from home. Um, Kendra Perkins was saying today about uh, Joel Embiid specifically in Philly in general that they're front runners, mm-hmm. and I think that's the case. I think if they get up on you, then they'll, they'll beat you up. But if you get up on them, then they fold. And I'm just not confident in them, like I said, especially if they don't have home court advantage. Yeah. So I'm thinking that Miami would actually beat them in the series. Yeah. Um, and I think that Jimmy Butler would have that date circled on his calendar. And I think Simmons probably would too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I'm going to go with Miami on that. Yeah. Let's, let's move to the, the, the West Coast. What were you about to say? I just feel like like people, even like Jimmy Butler, are not going to produce as much as they are right now. But okay. it, well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so... In the Western Conference, um, the records are a lot better, especially towards the bottom. Yeah, well, I should but, say but, in, towards the bottom. Yeah, but the eighth and seventh seed separation is kind of a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So you got the Lakers at forty-three and twelve in the first seed, mm-hmm. and then Denver thirty-nine and eighteen in the second seed. Mm-hmm. Clippers thirty-eight and nineteen in the third seed. Mm-hmm. Houston thirty-seven and twenty in the fourth seed. Yeah. Utah thirty-six and twenty-one in the fifth seed. OKC, surprise, surprise, in the sixth seed at 35 and 22. Dallas in the seventh seed at 35 and 23. And Memphis at uh, 28 and 29 in the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. So then you also, uh, right on their heels, on Memphis's heels, 
Portland, 26 and 32, so they're three games back mm-hmm. of Memphis. Mm-hmm. New Orleans, 25 and 32, um, three games back. And San Antonio, 24 and 32, three games back of Memphis. Yeah. So, what do you think about this Western Conference playoff picture? Uh, it's definitely a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially like, um, like the top like eleven teams. Mm-hmm. Um, like. The ninth, the tenth, eleventh seed—they're all like really close. Right. And Portland has one more win than the ten seed Pelicans, and two more than um, the eleven seed San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. They all have the same amount of losses. So really, right now, it's like if Portland just slips and. Yeah, but not. But hold on, let's not focus on nine through eleven. Focus on one through eight because nine through eleven is out right now. Uh, all right, all right. right. Yeah. Um. So I feel like right now, I feel like the Clippers will pass the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Because Denver was Denver kind of had the edge by a pretty good amount. Um. Last time I had checked, mm-hmm. of like a pretty good amount of games. Maybe it was like around like four, um, four to five games. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like. The Clippers are kind of gonna just close in, like just be like play like a better basketball team, and really just at the end of the season trying to they they, they will try to prepare themselves mm-hmm. for the playoffs by playing better and really like you know taking care of the ball every single game, um, executing in every play, playing hard every single play, mm-hmm. and you'll really see that toughness come out in the Clippers and see. And they'll show you why they're, people say they're such a uh, tough team mm-hmm. um, mentally. And I, I think they're just going to keep on winning games. Okay. And it's just going to keep getting better. So better. the Clippers into the second spot. Yeah. And um, then, any other movement? Um, Houston could, could pass Denver. Yeah, I mean, they're only two games back of them. Yeah, so I'd say Houston probably pass the Denver. Denver will fall two seeds, unfortunately, for them. Okay. Um, so down to the fourth spot? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think... And then I think after that, the seeds kind of stays, stay the same. Utah fifth, Oklahoma at sixth, Dallas at seventh, and Memphis maybe at eighth. But like I said, the ninth, tenth, eleventh seeds are all really, really close. So do you think any of those three teams in the bottom can catch Memphis? Like, oh. basically, who do you think is going to have that eighth spot? Do you think it's Memphis or one of the other three teams? Um, I think that Memphis gets caught. Okay. By who? By... It's, it's a really close debate <laughs> between Portland and New Orleans. Okay. Uh, you, you, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> you go first. Okay. This is really tough. So, I think that Memphis is going to hold on to that AC. Oh, wow. I think they're going to hold on to that AC. And now, I love Damian Lillard, and I love what Carmelo has been able to do as far as rejuvenating his career mm-hmm. so that would be cool to see Portland get into that eighth spot yeah. um, and obviously New Orleans is is playing well mm-hmm. um, they're 73 over their last 10 games mm-hmm. and uh, I like what Zion and Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and all those guys are doing mm-hmm. so I would like to see them get to that eighth spot um, 
Yeah, but you know what? Now that I'm saying it out loud, I think New Orleans are going to catch them. That's what I was I, thinking. I think they're going to leapfrog Portland and nudge out Memphis. Um, and then I think if that happens, I think Zion may get Rookie of the Year, which yeah. I brought up a few episodes ago, and people thought I was crazy. And then I started seeing on national outlets people saying Zion could, you know, if they make the playoffs, Zion could get rookie of the year. I'm like, I said that like a month and a half ago. Yeah. Right? So, you know what? I'm switching my pick. I'm going to go with New Orleans. Mm. With the other, uh, the one through seven right now, so L.A. all the way down to Dallas. Yep. L.A. is a lock for that one seed. The, the Lakers, I mean. Yeah, they're, they're a lock for that one they're seed. They're keep winning games. Certain gets about like 55 points. I think. Yeah, at least, right? Yeah. So, I don't really care about two through seven, right? Mm-hmm. Hear me out on this. I don't really care how those seeds end up. Yeah. As long as the the Rockets play the Thunder. Oh, I want to see that badly. Did Did you not see the last matchup? <laughs> I did. Man, the last matchup. Okay, C game the work, but That's now what I'm saying. with this new system, right? Like I like to see because I mean Stephen Adams is not really like a shot blocker like that, right. so I mean like it, it could really get bad for okay C this time. It could, or it could just be the same. Right. It, it's really just kind right. of fifty fifty, and um, I feel like OKC ever since the All Star break and Chris Paul really balling out, yeah, can. Um, really just be any better team yeah i mean they're also seven and three in their last 10 including winning three in a row right yeah um and then houston is eight and two in their last 10 like we mentioned earlier so both of those teams are pretty hot right now but i just want to see chris paul going against james harden and russell westbrook Mm -hmm. because i know he did not see that trade coming Mm -hmm. um and then i'm I'm sure he's probably pretty salty about that yeah people were saying oh his career is over and, uh, you know, maybe should Miami try to pick him up? He needs to go to a contender. Mm-hmm. And Chris Paul has played great this year and was an all-star for the first time in, in a few years. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's the matchup that I really, really want to see. Yeah. Right? Uh, I would obviously love to see New Orleans go against the Lakers in the first round as well because of all the trades that happened with uh, getting AD and then Lonzo and Ingram and those guys removed, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think the Lakers would just destroy them, right? Sweep them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully you're right about uh, Houston bumping up to that third spot. And if OKC stays in the sixth spot, then I get my wish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, um, and with what you said with New Orleans bumping up to the AC, mm-hmm. um, I feel like Zion... I, I really liked what I've seen so far mm-hmm. from him, and he's—he's. He's, I don't know if I—I I, I would say nah. He, he's better than I thought he would be. I mean, he—he's really young, obviously right now, and just already balling out. He—he he got what a couple weeks ago he had a career high like 31 points. Mm-hmm. Um, he's averaging um 23. From he's averaging twenty three for this season, uh, with seven rebounds, mm-hmm. and um, I, I'd have a feeling that a lot of those rebound, um, a lot of those rebounds or a good amount of those rebounds, come off from the offensive. Right. Yeah, because he just every time a shot goes up, he's just right to the rim. Yeah, he's very explosive. Yeah, he jumps right to that ball. Right. Like, cause some people they'll jump up to get the ball. He'll jump right up. To, he'll jump right. 
to the ball. Right. Like, right. it's kind of crazy. It's like he'll jump and then just, like, you can just, like, move him, like, two spaces. And right. Then just, like, yeah, he has great ball location skills. Yeah. Like, he locates the ball and then he attacks it, like you said. Yeah, as soon as it comes up the rim. Right. Even with the fact, like, the examples of him just snatching the ball out of guys' hands when they get the rebound. Yeah. I mean, to do that without fouling, you have to have great ball location skills. Mm-hmm. And then you obviously have to have great strength to be able to just pull it from these other big guys. Yeah, and then um, go up. Right, and then go up. So, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this fourth quarter of the season. Um, yeah. We'll see if our predictions come true. Yeah. So you said you're also going with New Orleans for the eighth spot? Yeah. Okay, got you. So uh, sorry, Ja, sorry, Dane, but <laughs> yeah. maybe next year, right? I mean, Ja, they're playing you on those restricted minutes, too. Yeah, he's not playing a lot of minutes, him I, or Zion. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's about either. Yeah, so. it's kind of mean. Yeah, kind of mean. Yeah. I'm sure it's, it's for the long-term wellness of his career and his knees and all that, so... Um, Speaking of minutes restrictions, process, right? Mm-hmm. The process in Philly, is it broken? Because, like we talked about earlier, Philly is great at home. Mm-hmm. They're terrible, terrible on the road, right? Yeah. So they are, let's look it up. Matter of fact, they are 27 and 2 at home, mm-hmm. almost unbeatable. Yeah. And then 9 and 20 on the road. Mm-hmm. Simmons is out for the next couple of weeks with a bad back. Mm-hmm. When he comes back, do you think that him and Joel can make that work, or is it just the spacing's too bad, the chemistry's not there? What do you think? Mm. Well, see, I think that with Simmons coming back after two weeks and Joel having to kind of put the team on his back and just kind of do every, not do everything, but do a lot and really be a leader with Ben Simmons being out for Philly for after two weeks and then Simmons going to come back. I feel like it's kind of going to mess them up a little bit. Okay. I feel like the injury kind of messed, messed them up or is going to mess them up kind of bad. Um, so I think that it, even it, especially because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid already have some um what what I think some bad chemistry okay. and, or just don't really complement each other. Right. That I think that it, it's just gonna mess them up and kinda gonna throw them off a little bit. Right. Um so I mean it it, it, it it's really what I'm trying to say is it's just really gonna hurt them and especially when playoffs come they're going to really have to crack down and kind of just get this figured out right. and get back on track. Right. And, you know, it, 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 even if it's right right before the season ends, like last five games or something, mm-hmm. they, they got to make sure that they get this um, all worked, worked and sorted out. So the question is, do you think they can do it? Or do you think it's just, like you said, they just don't complement each other well and it's pretty much a wrap for them? Um, I think they can make it to the playoffs, definitely. Mm-hmm. They can um, make it past the first round in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as Joel um, faces that challenge with Bam Adebayo. Because right. like, we're, we were watching him play against DeAndre Jordan, and he wasn't really taking that challenge. Right, right. Yeah, because you know, when he goes against big and strong dudes, he just 
kind of tightens up and passes right. the ball and takes bad shots. And right. Misses terribly. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I still think that they're going to be able to um, squeeze through first round. Mm-hmm. And w- once second round comes, depending on who they play, um, e- even, even then with who they play, I feel like they're not going to be able to really make it past the second round. And I think, like you said, the process, um, then we will see that the process is broken. Okay. Or maybe has been broken. So you don't think long-term they can work? You think they have enough to get past the heat in the first round, but not long-term? They don't have enough to win long-term or, like, contend for a championship? No. Um, I, at first, like, a month or two ago, I, I thought they did, but then they've just been in a really bad slump, right. and it's starting to not really look like a slump. It's starting to look like, you said, the process is kind of broken. Right. So, so I think you hit it on the head that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't really complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, from a personality standpoint, I'm not really sure. I know Joel Embiid's more gregarious and loves to joke around and kind of like poke at people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Ben Simmons seems a little bit more serious and a little bit more reserved. Yeah. Um, so that can work or maybe it, it can't. Maybe it's just not a good mesh. Mm-hmm. But as far as on the court, a couple of things. One, Uncle Trey pointed out that they both do most of their damage from the left side of the court. Mm-hmm. So it's like when, that's really going to mess the spacing up. Because if you have two bigger guys on the left side of the court, mm-hmm. there's no space in there. Yeah. That's one. Two, is well documented that Ben Simmons cannot shoot at all. Yeah. Right? Not that he's not a good shooter. He just won't shoot. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you can ever have a guy, a perimeter player at that on the court, who just cannot shoot. No, he doesn't even have a good form. Right. He has bad form. He doesn't even attempt shots outside of 10 to 12 feet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, Joel Embiid, and this has also been well documented with him, he doesn't look to be in good shape to me. True. He does yeah. not look like he's in good shape. And I feel like that's part of, to your point, that's part of the reason why when he plays against big physical guys, he doesn't really take on that challenge. Yeah. Because I feel like he wears down a little bit. Mm. I also feel like that's why he doesn't make quick moves. Mm. Because like I was watching Akeem Olajuwon last week, and I noticed how a lot of times when the ball came in, as soon as the ball arrived, he was already going into his move, right? right? And so it's like the double team doesn't even have a chance to come. Mm. Now, sometimes he would consciously hold the ball to make the double team come and then kick out because they had shooters on the Rockets. Mm. But Philly doesn't have shooters like that, right? Especially with Ben Simmons, like he's just not a good shooter at all. Mm. So Joel Embiid needs to make his moves very quickly Mm. so he can dominate his matchup and get the ball closer to the rim. If that were the case, I think that um, they would be more dangerous. And I think Ben Simmons would be more dangerous, especially with him crashing the offensive glass because he is a big physical guard, right? Yeah, so if the ball's getting up on the rim quickly, Mm. that allows him to use his athleticism and hide his weakness a little bit. So I just don't think that long-term it's going to work out for him. I don't think they'll be able to contend. Um, I know they brought Jimmy Butler in last year. Uh, and Tobias Harris as some guys who could kind of create their own shots from the perimeter. Mm. Um, Tobias Harris has been up and down this year, and obviously Jimmy Butler is gone. But barring them getting someone who can really create from that wing spot, 
I don't, I don't, or at least really, really shoot. I don't see it it happening for for Philly. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Hakeem, especially, is that he was able to make really quick moves. Yes, but he could just turn at any angle. Yeah, and it it was just kind of amazing just to see the way he can move um, so quickly right. and turn so quickly, especially as a big. Right. And um, just he'll just take you. He'll literally take you to the block. Right. And just make make a move and then you know be at the rim dunking or laying the ball up i'm pretty sure that's what i just said man you're trying to take my point quick quick moves right yeah yeah quick (laughs) yeah quick moves turning and everything you're saying also scoring from different angles yeah scoring yeah yeah and i mean joel Embiid's got a good jump shot too especially once when he gets into that 10 15 feet um uh, and even that three ball i feel like um, right now, if, if you just take out Tobias Harris and who what's his name, Justin or Josh Richardson, mm-hmm. he he's really Philly's best shooter besides yeah. them. Cork Moss, Cork Moss is pretty good too. Yeah, Cork Moss is good, but I mean, like, I, I'm not. I, I don't want to say he doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> oh like, my it, goodness! It's not, it's not that he doesn't matter. Right. It's just like. He's not as big as a piece right. as Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, and um, I don't really, we can't really say if he's gonna be good in the playoffs. Right, if he's gonna step his game up. Yeah. Um. So if I, I see a big discussion is who do you keep if you don't keep both of them, right? Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons? Yeah. You definitely keep Embiid. You say you definitely keep Embiid. I mean, I agree with that. I heard some people on around the horn saying today you would keep Simmons. Yeah. I don't and I just don't. Ben Simmons seems like a nice enough guy, and he's a good all-around player. Yeah. I just don't understand how in today's NBA, you build around a guy who can't shoot and who really doesn't have any moves. Yeah. Right? I don't I don't see how you do that. Yeah. I mean, like, like he, he, like he seriously can't shoot at all. Right. It, it's just kind of, like, can't even watch it, really. Like even like the way he shoots like right. so weird and stuff right but with Embiid it's just like he can shoot he when when he can really it's really a matter of when he can mm-hmm. he can get to that um block and you know just kind of baby right um like two three guys baby food yeah baby food right but I mean just I feel like what what you do with Embiid is you keep him and you really just like try to get him in better shape like right. you really just crack down right and you know just get him serious right about getting in better shape yeah and and getting getting and staying healthy right so that he can play those 40 40 to 43 minutes in a game sometimes not right. not all the time but when he needs to right then he needs to okay. and and just so he can show up, so just so he can be a better player, right? In general, because I feel like once he, if he gets healthier, then just it will open up his game completely, and he'll be able to turn and make quicker moves, right? Definitely, yeah, like a king. Yeah, make his body feel better. So. Yeah, I mean, he had 49 last night, which was his career high yeah. against the terrible Hawks. Terrible. Um, terribly defensively. Uh, speaking, Hawks. Don't play team basketball on offense. <laughs> right. But, I mean, 
there's no way. Joel Embiid should have cracked 50 points by now, hands down, multiple times. But I think, to your point, he needs to get in better shape, and he needs to just dominate. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, have fun and joke around and play when he wants to, but he needs to dominate and come in with that Shaq-type attitude, right? Yeah, because how many good, good centers are there in the league? I mean, you can count AD as one if you want. Mm-hmm. I, I count him as a power forward, but how many... Like good centers are there that you know just known for just completely locking up people right. in the league. You can say Rudy Gobert. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be biased here, but JaVale has got long arms. Right. DeAndre Jordan is being strong. Dwight Howard is being strong. But I mean, even against someone like DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, and even JaVale, you should just be able to dominate them. Right. And, and Rudy, he should be able to dominate everybody. Right. Everybody. Because none of That's those That's the dudes, bottom line. Yeah, because most of those dudes aren't, like, super-duper big and strong and stuff. Right. Except for Dwight Howard. Right. So, yeah. Right. Um, so, we're coming up on the hour, so we're going to close this out here in a minute. Bradley Beals had the hot hand with 53 and 55 points in his last two games. Yes. Two L's, though. Right? Yeah. Um... Tough when, last night. He, yeah, he had a couple tough turnovers last night. Three assists, only nine. I mean, only three assists, nine turnovers. I yeah. made the argument he didn't play great. He shot great, but he didn't play great. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph Curry's actually making his return against the Wizards on Sunday, right? Yeah. Who do you got in that game? Does Bradley keep up the hot hand, or does Steph come back with the new hand oh, since so he broke his hand and oh, get the win? The, the new hand, dang. The Steph comes back with the new hand, especially because he dropped what like fifty one last time I can remember they played each other. Right. So yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Brad having another hot game. Wow. So yeah, we'll That's see it. We'll pick. be we'll be tuned in. Yeah. Uh, let's close this thing out, man, because we don't want to go over an hour today. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> just end. All right. Well, now you go ahead and close it out. Okay. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Hoop Club with Sean Sean. Um. We really appreciate all the support, um, you know, your feedback as well. So you guys can just rate um, rate us at, a, it, it would be appreciated, five stars. Rate us five stars, just hands down. Um, write a comment, give us your feedback. Um, let us know what you think and um, what we should be, what we should do. And um, we're, we're on all podcast platforms. Um, but if you don't know all of them, then I'll name some of them for you. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and all other podcast platforms that you could think of. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in. 16 episodes in, man. Yeah. It's crazy. We got a few months left in the season. I think we're probably going to get to 30 episodes this season. Yeah. So, as usual, it's been real, son. I have a great time doing this with you. Look forward to doing it again next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you, oh, and we also didn't address the fact that we were kind of late on this episode. Right. Um. Yeah. But we had uh, a birthday. Yeah. yeah. Mom turned a big four zero, so we were partying the whole weekend with that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, next weekend, next week we'll make sure that we drop on Monday, Monday morning, so you can listen to it on your yeah. way into work. Yep. Yeah. All right. So from Sean to Sean, our family to yours, we say peace. Peace. Man.